names like Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Anthony Irwin. Like this guy here. His name is Fagan. Harrison Fagan. Welcome back to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Harrison Fagan. The subject of today's show is pretty simple. And it 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 blew Harrison away. Like the little hair that he had on the top of his head, just gone. It's just very little right cool. now, especially. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, I, I I was thinking about what we were going to talk about today, and I am shocked, as are you, that I'm perfectly content with where the Lakers are at right now. I don't really have any complaints. Yeah, you told me this before we started recording, and I thought you were being sarcastic. I was like, wait, where's the punchline? Like, what is he going to say? I'm like trying to think. I'm like, what could they have possibly said that pissed him off this time? I was like rolling, racking my brain for media day quotes. I'm like, what is the thing that he has decided to get irrationally upset about, you know, a month before the season actually starts? And then it turns out it actually is nothing. You were being genuine. For one of the few times in your life, you have nothing with the Lakers to complain about. Yeah, I mean, like, I would complain that Ted Cruz is co-opting LeBron's vaccine status. But, and like, all that they, that's not, like, that's you know, not that's something. A, yeah, LeBron, I mean, that's like, not Lakers related. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think it's pretty stupid that, that uh, a, a blatantly racist and corrupt uh, senator from the state that I live in who ditched the state and, and left hundreds, if not thousands, no, actual thousands of people to be stuck in their houses as, as hell froze over. Uh, he decided to go off to Cancun, and now he's saying he stands with people. Uh, but other than that, no, I'm, I'm I'm actually in a very good mood. And so uh, that is the 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 way that we're going to frame this is like, how did I arrive here? How did this go over? Uh, how like what 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 do I do with my hands? I wanted to ask you, like, I should have brought a few of the homers from Lakers Twitter on here to tell me, like, how do I handle this sensation? What do I do? Well, first of all, I am, you know, proud and honestly a little touched that you don't consider me a homer from Lakers Twitter because sometimes from tenor of our debates, I'm like, he's yelling about like, is it a straw man or is it me? And like, I just am, you know, I'm like skinny and look like a scarecrow and like, (laughs) I'm the straw man that I'm, I'm the literal straw man that he's debating, you know? And so you are as frail as straw. (laughs) Yeah. As more breakable, arguably too. No, like I I think, I think, you know, there are, there are, they should call me like street clothes would be a fitting nickname for me. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like paper mache, like wet paper mache. Um, <laughs> hospital gown. That's that's my <laughs> nickname. Back but yeah, race. no, I, I'm like, I, I'm honestly, I'm touched that you don't consider me like a homer, and you're, I'm, you're not lumping me in with that group. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess the thing that I was curious about, and this is kind of what ended up being the genesis for our show today, was. Like, how did you get here? Why are what what over the last two days has you so happy? Is it just the AD center thing? Yes, <laughs> that's it. That was all. That's it took. It. All right, that's it for the Lakers line. AD's like, I am aware that center exists, and I'll probably play there this year. And Anthony's like, ascends to heaven. Just yeah, I just like turned into a ray of light, and just like <laughs> Avery just collected on my life insurance. Like a, a, a church chorus just started like singing out of nowhere, and you just ascended up to heaven. Yeah, it's basically, it's not you know, it's not what didn't happen. 
you know. But yeah, I was, I, I said all along when the Lakers traded for Russell Westbrook, um, I said that this means Anthony Davis has to play the five, right? You weren't the only one. A lot of people yeah. felt that way. Right. Except when I say stuff because of stuff I've said in the past, people get really, really angry about everything that I say. But like, it's also the way you say it. I'm fine. Okay. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry I hurt your feelings, everybody. But, <laughs> but so like I said at the time that this means Anthony Davis has to play the five, predominantly the five. If he doesn't start there, he has to play at least 40, 50, preferably more minutes at center than that amount, right? And, you know, there were reports that he has been interested in it, and then there was reports that uh, those three are on the same page about it. I thought one kind of interesting uh, compromise, very clear compromise here in regards to the way that things are going down between Anthony Davis and Frank Vogel is that uh, AD said that there are going to be some games that uh, Dwight or DeAndre start at the five. There are going to be some games that AD starts at the five. That is not how Frank Vogel operates. So it feels like a very clear compromise there. Like, all right, I'm going to do what is best for the team here, but you got to be flexible about your approach to the starting lineup here. And I, and, and I, so I, I appreciated that. And, and yeah, I mean, that just really sets the table for, for this roster making a whole lot more sense. I, I a hundred percent agree. I just think that the important distinction is that in probably 90% of cases, you know, in situations and games and things like that, you know, if you were playing this in 2K, AD would be the center. There are still some situations against certain teams where I do think that going big, like the Lakers, you know, have preferred to do in the past, does Mm -hmm. make sense. And so I think that that kind of adjustment and the way that they kind of talked about it, you know, over the course of media day yesterday, not really today at practice, they didn't really talk about the center thing, but a lot of guys talked about it yesterday. And one of the things that DeAndre Jordan said that I thought was interesting was he talked specifically, you know, he was asked about his role and he didn't really want to say anything. And, you know, that was probably a smart move on his part, but he talked a lot about how, you know, we're so versatile, you know, there are different matchups where we're going to do different things. And, they're di- and you know, I think when they play one of those really big guys that it, I think it makes sense to have some multiple bodies to throw at them for foul purposes, to wear, for wear and tear purposes, and just for, you know, kind of tactical advantage purposes in terms of having more length at the rim to bother a guy like Nikola Jokic or like Embiid or one of these guys. You know, I, mm-hmm. I just think that, that makes a lot of sense in those situations to have kind of those multiple options. But yeah, I mean, I agree with you that in most cases, especially offensively, you really need to make it work with AD and Russ and LeBron on the floor. AD kind of needs to play the five just for yeah. a spacing perspective alone. Otherwise, it's a clogged toilet offense. He, he always has had to. And the reason you were calling me Chicken Little and the way that I was approaching that conversation back when I was freaking out about the notion of Russell Westbrook was that we were coming off of a season where AD played 12% of his minutes at center. And the season before that, which he is kind of hearkening back to, he says that it's going to be closer to uh, the first year that he was a Laker, he only played 40% of his minutes there. Frank, it wasn't... Frank said 50-50, which is technically right if you split the difference between the playoffs and the regular season because it was like 60-40 yeah. and then they flipped in the in the playoffs. But AD was actually the one that said, the plan is for me to play mostly center. You know, yeah. he went further than actually Vogel did, really. He yeah. just came out and said it. Vogel is, you know, he's a, the stereotypical coach in that he does he's not want Lasso. to— 
reveal Rob, Rob any Lincoln single thing. That's, uh, you know, because like, it's like Greg Popovich is never going to figure out that the Lakers are maybe planning to start AD at center. Frank is like, no, I mean, we might do any variety of things, you know, like. Yeah, I I love the. the Frank the talks like every coach you reads every single thing that Silver Screen and Roll writes, you know, like. No, I love the clear snark that you had when you tweeted out that. In in some kind of shocker that Frank Vogel didn't reveal his starting lineup. Frank um, <laughs> Vogel guards those things like the nuclear codes, and it's hilarious. Like Zion Williamson came, guards his ankle. Yeah, like when he came when Frank came issue. in, he's like, oh, he's like, I'm not going to do any of that nonsense. I'll let you guys know who the starters are by the day game. That lasted like a month, and then by the end <laughs> of that, Frank was, you know, he he every every single time at 5:45, it's like, you know, you ask him before the game, and he's like, oh, well, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait till closer to tip to figure it out, and it's like, oh. Would oh, you look the same at that? It's the same starters, you know, as last game. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think, I think, uh, AD playing more center put me in in a in a significantly better mood, and then I think that just fit within the theme of we all want to sacrifice. We all this, want to this, compete. This has been a big thing for you. So actually, this is what I should have guessed. It really was. Yeah. It's not the, even the AD five thing. It's that no one came in and demanded to start. Oh my God, it's been so nice. (laughs) We should have, you know, honestly, in retrospect, I regret not asking AD, like, if he cares about what his role is, like, starter versus bench. Like, we should have just, like, leaned into it because, you know, everybody was getting asked it. We should ask LeBron, like, LeBron, any chance you want to go for six man of the year this year? Like, my first question to Russ Russ is, like, so, you know, we got you got the point guard battle between you and Rondo for the starting gig. (laughs) Well, don't tell Rondo. No, Rondo absolutely actually... thinks it's a battle. Russ does not. Rondo, I think, a hundred percent is like trying to kill Russ in camp so that he can like he can be like, look, six man, Russ. You know, I forget sorry. who sent. I think it was Golden Knight, but I, I I forget who sent the video of like the first time that the Lakers lose, and it's John Wick shooting some bad guy with the. They're shooting at each other with the silencer. Yeah, on with their, the silencer on, their... on through the airport. Yeah. That's Russ and, and that's Rondo Russ on their and... way back. Yeah. It's such a great tweet. It was so perfect. Rondo, I just love that Rondo went to the Kobe. Yeah, speaking of fun media day quotes and stuff, I just love that Rondo fully went to the Kobe school of like the biggest compliment that I can give someone is that I want to murder them. And he's like, (laughs) Russ and I try to, he's like, I'm going to try and destroy Russ in practice. And, you know, yeah, I I love Rondo. I'm sorry. I know you're not his biggest fan, but he cracks me up. Uh, he was, he, you know, his little bit where he like faked that he was crying because of the things that, that, like, was, that very was funny. funny. I yeah. found I found that funny. That was NBA player, but NBA player funny. I thought it was funny. And then and then, but yeah, like I think when he said that the, he thinks AD's been doing eighteen push ups a night when everybody was praising how swole he looks, that was really that was legit <laughs> funny. <laughs> well, he can't. He has. He's one of the fir- few athletes who can actually be funny. Yeah. Right. Like. There, most most guys like every scrum overlaps at everything that a coach says and every player says like that's just how that goes down. Um, but I think they're like Rondo and there's like a handful of other guys who can actually, you know, would actually make me laugh if if there was an incentive to laugh and and make them feel better about themselves. But so like I was I was you know the the the, the theme of sacrifice was a big deal to me, and then like f- given that I criticized. The Marcus like the way that they treated Marcus which I still stand by. I think they treated him pretty. Yeah, I, I think that two things can be true. I think yeah. that they treated him poorly. I think they made the right decision to just decide, like, hey, we kind of f this up. We got to move on. Yeah. So, like, I think, yeah, I think 
that was the only result in the bad process, right? It was 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 the way that they handled the exit. And I think like the chemistry like just jumped right off of the screen for me. Like they all were messing around with each other. There was a really funny thing with Rondo getting the little step stool so that he was not as short compared to uh Russell Westbrook. And then there was, you know, there was uh, LeBron dancing behind DeAndre Jordan during one of his, like DeAndre Jordan at one point was answering a question from, or on, on Spectrum, and he like literally had to break off the answer that he was giving. He's like, I can't concentrate right now. Those guys are being too, like, they're being idiots. He did the same thing during his media. So they really were just messing with DJ, which is I think hilarious. so. Yeah. I think so. And, and you know what? He seems like a pretty fun guy to mess with. Yeah, like, you had, like, you had yeah. THT with a Kawhi-level awkward laugh upon learning that Austin Reeves' <laughs> nickname is Hillbilly Kobe. There's also just Hillbilly Kobe yeah. as, as a nickname. Like I the, Lakers love... need to, the Lakers need to sign him to like a five-year deal now. I'm like, <laughs> Give him an extension already no. on the two-year contract he just they got. Need to, they, they need to bring back – remember that one year they did the uh, nicknames on the back of the jerseys? <laughs> <laughs> I would. I one, disagree. That would be blasphemy. They're not. I'm sorry. They can't put that on a jersey. I, guess you, I would buy it. Yeah. I would a zillion percent buy it. It would be the most popular Lakers jersey. It's Stagecoach, and so like, I like. I just you know they should like instead of the sleeve jerseys, like he should get an overalls jersey. You know, it's like <laughs> he's never gonna play. He may as well show up in cowboy boots. <laughs> <laughs> We were laughing before we went live that, like, he doesn't look right now like a professional basketball player, especially compared to the guys. And it's not just because he's white. It's because he looks like a taller me. Like, he's yeah. just this scrawny white dude. You know? He looks like, like yeah. Foreman, like Foreplay from that 70s show. He's just, like, he's very skinny. They <laughs> they didn't do him any favors because they announced, like, Austin Reeves gets prof- – I saw this on Facebook, and I laughed out loud. They, they, uh, they took a picture – of Austin Reeves and set it to black and white. And it looked like one of the old white dudes playing in the seventies. Well, the like, original, I, was like, I thought it was going to be like a flashback Friday. <laughs> the original <laughs> graphic that they deleted was him in a polo shirt and it made it look like they were promoted an equipment manager. Like it was hilarious. And then they took it down and they put one of him in his Jersey, but yeah, they could, they could honestly send out a picture of him and say, congratulations, Mike Penberthy. And like, 45% of the fan base wouldn't understand that like that that oh isn't God. Mike Pittworthy. <laughs> so so yeah, I so those were the three things. I think it was Anthony Davis announcing that um or like just openly saying, "Yeah, I have to play more center." Another quote on that on that kind of in that in that same chapter that really stuck out to me was Russell Westbrook saying like, "Yeah, we're just better with Anthony Davis at center." And that that's something. Yeah, he that, was the only guy who didn't really hedge and say like, "There, you know, he's really good." At, he did say he's good at the four and five, but he was very yeah. much talking about like how deadly he is at center over and yeah. over. Yeah, well, and I think that's important. You know, I think that's one of the benefits of trading for a Russell Westbrook that he feels confident enough to be able to say like, "Yeah, that guy over there is a center." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he can he can play the four, and he might have some stretches where he's good at the four. But he is a center, and and so like having having somebody like that, like I think I thought that really stuck out to me, and and like that allows the roster to really kind of fit into place. That that means that Dwight and DeAndre are going to get minutes commensurate with their NBA talents right now. You don't have to worry as much about Dwight fouling out, about DeAndre Jordan being washed. You don't have they, they, you have um, 
Carmelo Anthony and Trevor Ariza, like those guys are going to play predominantly the four, and that opens up minutes for both of those guys. You can't play Carmelo Anthony on a floor with Anthony Davis and DeAndre Jordan. That's too slow a front court. So this makes sense that you would have Melo with LeBron at the three and AD at the five. Like that's how you make that work. So everything else about the roster falls into place. And that's all I was saying all along. Like, do I, would I prefer that they, will I always, man, a fun what if, I don't even know if I would prefer it, but a fun what if or a, in a, or a what if that is always going to exist here because of the way things went down is what would, what would the team look like if they traded for Buddy Heald, kept Kentavious Caldwell Pope, weren't as worried about uh, the luxury taxes be, and, and were able to keep Alex Caruso, what would that team look like compared to where it is right now? Well, um, I, I have an answer. Christian simulated it for us. Well, in 2K, I saw that. And they lost, they lost in the first round. So that's, you know, <laughs> well, that's like, it. We already know what Everybody got hurt. I, was, yeah. I, actually, I actually, Christian, if you're listening, I actually read your article. Um, and, and I was marveling at how many injuries took place. But, but so, yeah, I, was, I just I appreciated was... that he did not run any larger sample size. It was just like, I just ran it once. It's, that, that's how it would have went. <laughs> and I mean, in fairness to Christian, it takes like three whole minutes to simulate a season. Yeah, no, I mean, it's tough. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough being a blogger, you know? <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I thought, I thought those were like the, the quotes from AD and Russ regarding AD playing the five was a big deal. And then like. I'm sorry. You guys should have seen my face when Dennis Schroeder said flat out, nope, I'm, I'm a starter. I did the whole no, six-man thing. I think thing. if we're listing the things that offended Anthony Irwin most last year, it's Dennis right demanding to start on a defending champion. And then right ahead of that, the only thing that made him more upset was the Lakers promising Andre Drummond that he could start. Well, what was funny about the Drummond thing that, you know, there was the report just recently that not only did they promise Andre Drummond the starting gig when they signed him, but they had previously promised that gig to Marc Gasol, which made me wonder how many centers do the Lakers think are on the court at any given time, which would make sense. Well, but even then, then like Anthony Davis would be playing the three, right? Because he doesn't want, he didn't want to play any center last year. So the one, Anthony they were going to bench Dennis. <laughs> So, so yeah, I think like Dennis Schroeder demanding and, and, and walking onto a championship roster, a team that like literally a month prior, not even a month prior, had just won a championship. He is coming off of the best season of his professional career, having come off of the bench, helped that OKC team be significantly better because he came off of the bench and he walks in there and he demands anyway, despite all of those things and all of those realities. Yeah. I am the starting point guard. I did the whole bench thing. It offended me on a basketball level. It offended the, 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 the person, the way that I view the sport and sports in general. And so like to hear Kent Bazemore and Wayne Ellington and Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk all say, like you're all down the roster. Like I can name basically the whole roster that is not the three stars that, yeah, we have to compete for whatever minutes that we get, whatever role that we play. And, and like that was just incredibly refreshing the, the one thing that every championship, every great team has in common is sacrifice. 
Those are two. There, there are actually two things, right? Talent and sacrifice. Yeah, was, uh, the first one is important too. <laughs> like it didn't like, matter damn, how much. If only, my... only Pokashevsky would sacrifice more, you know, to set up like, his teammates on the Thunder, they'd be a real title contender this yeah, year. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't matter how much Ryan Kelly sacrificed for the Lakers. That team was going to be garbage no matter. He sacrificed what. a lot. He played the three and had to guard Kevin Durant at one point. That was a sacrifice. Well, it turns out that Byron needed a sacrifice. All yeah. right, I am just never going to talk and the team is going to be better for it would have been the sacrifice that byron needed to to make there but yeah but like i yeah the on, on the sacrifice thing and like the starting lineup thing and the no promises thing and all of it kind of the kumbaya vibes i guess like the only things that i I'd, I'd ask you are like number one i mean do you think that all this stuff holds up is mm. this actually is this actually legit because look at you playing it, my role I'm just saying is no, I'm not saying that I don't believe that it's legit. <laughs> no, I just this know is what you. you always do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you poke and you prod me and you get me to say the thing that pisses off Lakers. Yeah, and then I clip it and I'm like, wow, look at this dumb thing Anthony said. That's journalism, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag press on. Um so like yeah, I, I do I think it holds up? No. I don't think it will. I I think Eventually, the Lakers will go through a stretch where they lose, and AD is playing the five, and AD, somebody who doesn't want to do that anyway, right, maybe misplaces blame and and changes his approach to it. Um, I think there's a chance that that happens. I think uh, LeBron and Russell Westbrook both have habits that they have formed over the course of their career that make it very difficult for those guys to play together. And while it's very easy to say that they're willing to sacrifice right now, 20, 30, 40 games into an 82-game season, you know, those habits become, as as like Russell Westbrook doesn't get a triple-double one week, does he say, like, all right, what the hell is this? What are we doing here? Yeah, you know? I mean, to that to that end, I mean, yeah, when LeBron and Russ both are, like, fighting over rebounds in the last <laughs> seconds of a blowout so that they can both yeah. secure their triple-double, it's gonna, that that will happen once the season, and it will be very funny. Um, or, or they're passing it back and forth to each other, trying to get their last assists, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the Russ and LeBron fit note, you know, obviously, both of those guys fit in really well with AD. There hasn't been a lot of talk or concern about that because they're kind of natural partner dance partners for him in the two-man game but for LeBron and Russ one thing that I thought was interesting which is not like it's not a revelatory idea or anything from Frank Vogel but I thought it was interesting that he came out today and when he was talking about what they were working on one of the things that he specifically mentioned was you know when the ball gets outlitted to LeBron Russ has to run when the ball Mm -hmm. gets outlitted to Russ LeBron has to run like you just gotta go you can't worry about like I, I know that every team you're on you're used to kind of getting the ball but both of you should be dynamic on the break and you should be getting out there and running and being a weapon for the guy that actually did catch the pass and I thought that is you know again we all kind of knew that this was going to be a team that needed to get out and leverage its athleticism on the break that's one of kind of the primary you know advantages that this team has is how incredible of athletes and speed they have and passers at almost every position and so that should be an area where they'd be strong but I just thought that it was interesting that Frank specifically kind of highlighted that as something that they're working on and I think honestly you know it's another reason for you to be happy yeah well so the reason that it makes a ton of sense on top of all the reasons that you gave for the Lakers to get out and run is that when you're running you, you the ball is has energy naturally right like you, you there is already inherent momentum if you are getting out onto the break so it's not like you ever have to think I have to 
I should have the ball here. I should, you know, this is, there isn't time for bad habits to kick in, right? Yeah. So you can, you can basically say, all right, uh, you know, AD gets a rebound, kicks it out to Russ. Russ even just gets the rebound. LeBron just gets the rebound. And if the point of, of, of what they're, if their intent is just to run, right, if the intent is just to go, then that is the only thought that really matters there. It isn't, it isn't like this break would be working better if I had the ball. It doesn't work like that. Both of those guys can get out on the break. They can both fill a lane. They can both finish really, really well in transition. So there isn't a case to be made that the, the, the break is running is run better when LeBron has the ball versus when Russ has the ball. Um, I think it's probably more important that AD get out and run than either of those two guys because if you get the ball to Russ or LeBron in semi-transition as kind of trailers, I don't know what a defense does against either of those guys. I'm really curious to see what the offense looks like in the half court. Cause that like, when you talk about, I want every single team before the season says we want to get out and run. Right. Well, Frank said, we want to be the best fast break team in the NBA. Like yeah. he, he's not setting the bar. At, we want to run. It's like, yeah. we want to be the best at running because clearly, you know, reading between the lines, they realize that is one of their primary strengths as a roster. Yeah. Well, and also it just makes it more natural a fit with the guys that are on their team. When you get into the half court and, Russ isn't a floor spacer. LeBron is, but only because you never really want to ignore LeBron. Like, he's not a great catch-and-shoot guy. And so, like, they aren't going to be, at least initially, I don't think it's going to be a very natural fit in the half court. I think they might actually struggle, even despite AD playing the five. Um, and, and well, so, that was the, that was the other thing that I wanted to ask you about, yeah. like the proposed kind of starters from that athletic story from earlier this mm-hmm. week of, you know, so it's the big three. And then it was Ariza and Ellington with THT kind of in the mix to compete for one of those spots, but Wonder most why. likely it sounds like Ariza and Ellington mm-hmm. as kind of those two guys. I, I mean, what do you think of that lineup? Like, do you think that that works? I would maybe prefer to have Bazemore. But if you're going to have... Over Ellington? Over, uh, over, yeah, over Ellington. I think Baysmore is a better defender. So I think their best lineup is probably going to be Russ, Bays, LeBron. I don't know yeah, if it's going to be, honest, be Ariza. Ellington must be shooting the ball like crazy because I'm surprised oh, yeah. about all of this buzz, you know, for him. Because they've had guys like Troy Daniels is not the same player by any means. Mm-hmm. He's also much smaller. And so that's kind of uh, that that's a big difference maker at the NBA level. Yeah. Uh, but like, I mean, they've had guys that were just knockdown shooters and literally nothing else, you know, over the course of their time yeah. with this roster. And, they, you know, Frank doesn't play them. And it seems like they've gone so all in on offense that he's like, oh, well, I need the offensive guy out there now. You know, yeah. we got to make this work. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just – so I, the other reason that I think it kind of makes sense, even though I think Bazemore is the better player and, and might make more sense in the starting lineup, if you have Bazemore with the second unit, you don't have as, as good defenders at the rim in DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard. Uh, so, you, you, you know, Bazemore is better at containing at the point of attack on the perimeter. So – might make sense to, to focus on some defense in that second unit. Um, and then you see, like, if like we've seen players, Wayne Ellington being one of them, I think, although I think he shot fairly well with the Lakers. Um, but, like, I, if the— Yeah, it if, was okay. I don't think it was great. It, it, has, it wasn't up to, like, what he has done recently because yeah. he has turned into just bottom every time he shoots it. And so, like, I think, I think if, if uh, 
if he is just slightly off par with what he has been recently and he and Bazemore are basically shooting the same percentage, then I think it just makes more sense. Bazemore is a better player because he's, he's not as bad defensively as, as Ellington. And, and then, like, the, the Ariza stuff, I'm curious about. I'm, I'm, I'm a little curious about Ariza as the starting four, um, just given where he is at his career right now. So He it, did play mostly four last year. But he also, no, yeah, yeah. you know, Donnie did his Trevor Ariza, or actually this is not out yet, but he's working on it. And it should be out, I think, either tomorrow or Friday. But, you know, Trevor Ariza, interestingly, guarded primarily point guards last year, even though mm-hmm. he mostly played the four. Mm-hmm. And so part of his kind of middling defensive metrics, like he was going against guys that were not particularly good matchups for him and should probably have more utility in this role where they are most likely not going to have him chasing around like Dame Lillard or something. Yeah, I think, I think for Ariza, he's very polarizing in terms of people who watched him last year. There are some people who say that he was perfectly fine as a team defender, maybe not as as elite as he used to be on the ball, you know, it, which makes sense. And then there are some people who say like watched him and it was not fantastic. It was not great. Um, I, I'm I'm probably somewhere in the middle, but as as is. Usually the case, the truth usually lands somewhere in the middle there with him. Yeah, that's I just, what I always say. Anthony, usually in the middle. <laughs> no, I said the truth usually in the middle. I'm usually flying off the handle. Yeah. But so, like, I, I was looking at I, – I, I was kind of wondering if they're going to be – if they're going to fully devote themselves to uh, offense anyway, I wonder if you just if, – if you go Russ, THT, LeBron, uh, it would be Russ, T, Russ – THT Ellington LeBron AD and and see how that looks um and you have a little bit more versatility on the like at the on top of the defense and then LeBron and AD like they're they're still going to be really really good defensively I don't think LeBron wants to start at the four though so we'll we'll see what that looks like and then and then the other thing too with uh with where he's at as well is like what about Melo if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're basically focusing on offense with your starting five and you're just trying to overwhelm teams offensively, then Melo might make some sense as a starter there. And and then you you know you have Ariza and you have Bazemore as two more sturdy defenders uh to to help out with whatever steps forward that THT makes. And you have uh, Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan. And then one of I don't think one well the Lakers while all of those guys are healthy There'll never be moments where one of LeBron, Russ, or AD aren't on the court. So, like, one would think. I would hope. You know, yeah. Vogel's been very good about that. Like, he's yeah. He he's not Luke. Luke was he was Luke. Um, and so so yeah. I just think like the but this all like this conversation discussing the rotation it makes so much more sense because we can feel pretty confident. I'm still like I'm still holding out. I'm not. Like Matt Moore and I talked about it on the show on Monday where like it's Lucy holding the football for Charlie Brown. Like I'm, I'm still, I'm still kind of, I'm not fully running and and putting my full leg behind the kick. Right. But they've never, they've never said he's going to start at the five before. Yeah. 
You know no, what I, I mean? Know. So it's just been all off season that it's been Lucy with the football, you know, where it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. like he told Russ he's going to play more center. It. And then it's like, oh, they signed DeAndre Jordan. And oh, 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 oh. Right. And, right. That, you know, other than that, they have, you know, they've let you kind of, they've let you kick the football. It's just not the one you, it's like a Nerf football. It's not the one you want, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. I Well, I've even, even there, like while Lucy was holding the football, I'm still, I'm more willing to kick it now than I have been at any point in the off season. But I'm still not going to fully like run up and sprint at the ball the way that Charlie Brown does, and and you know he winds up going bald because of Lucy. That's the all. The fact Lucy's that fault. we didn't get a bunch of quotes today about how like Dwight Howard looks like a defensive player of the year out there, yeah. or DeAndre Jordan, you know, just was incredible. He was walling off the paint, blocking every shot. You know, yeah. the fact that they are not trying to kind of hedge this into yeah. you know oh, the Avery Bradley memorial uh for camp hype like you know yeah. for two years ago you know the fact that they're <laughs> not doing that makes me think that ad actually is going to start at the five yeah i'm 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 with you there was there anything although who knows that... maybe by tomorrow we get the like the dj dwight hype mix or something well we did see russ say that having dwight and deandre back there allows and him AD. to nad to like it allows him to you know, tweak the way that he approaches defense. It's like, does this mean you're going to gamble more? Like, that's not Russ. Said, that hasn't been the problem. <laughs> essentially, what they were talking about was that they feel like he can put more, not so much gamble, but feel like he can pressure ball handlers more because, sort of like, you know, Bradley did, KCP did, yeah. those guys, you know, where they could get really into ball handlers because it's like, hey, you know, if I guess wrong and I get beat or these guys just kind of get an inside angle on me and get past me, you know, AD's right there. He's going to clean it up. Or DJ's right there to get hands up. And, you mm-hmm. know, they can feel a little bit more secure than they would with kind of less. Because, look, for say all that you will about, you know, Dwight and some of the offensive flaws that he'd bring or DJ and some of the offensive flaws that he'd bring and how he's certainly not what he once was defensively and kind of both of them aren't, but they're still really tall guys that can kind of do, you know, limited things on defense. They're just Mm -hmm. not going to be switching onto smaller guards and stuff like that. No, I will. Dwight, I still don't think is a complete disaster. I don't yeah, think Dwight he... can, but it's just yeah. not. Yeah, you don't want to do not... it a bunch. You don't want to go to that well a bunch. Like it's a it's a fairly dry well. DeAndre Jordan, that well hasn't produced water in in <laughs> seven dry <years>. wells. <laughs> That's the well in Walking Dead. That there was a zombie at the bottom, just completely waterlogged corpse down there. Um, yeah, I, 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 that I, was I, a dark I... analogy. Thanks for that visual. <laughs> Appreciate it. You know what I was talking about, and it works. Um, was there anything that I missed here? Like, because th- those are the reasons for my optimism. You're perpetually optimistic on the air. Um, what, That's like, not true, huh? I'm just perpetually optimistic compared, compared to, to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you being the more optimistic person, like, was there was there anything that I missed here? Yeah, I was trying to think if there was something that I could pull that was just really going to upset you. Like, I was scrolling through the media day quotes and, you know, like, looking through. Honestly, I really don't think that there's anything for you to be that mad about yet. Yeah. I, I At least mean, basketball-wise. Dwight not knowing HIPAA was probably to be expected and shouts to, to be, Bill Orem. Okay, so to be honest, I mean, number one, Bill Orem had a hilarious response when he it said was it's not what HIPAA is, but And okay. I'm so glad that some reporter finally did that. Shouts yeah. to Bill Orem. 
to be honest, I'm pretty sure they were both mostly kind of kidding. Like Dwight laughed after Dwight laughed right after he yeah. said it, mm-hmm. and that made me think that I think Dwight was honestly poking coups a little bit for his tweet and delete spree the other day <laughs> of like, oh, so now like I'm an anti-vaxer because I don't want to say like I'm just following HIPAA, and he's you like, and Dwight's then the follow-up of, like, yeah, I think- know what HIPAA means, but da 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 da. Yeah. It will- yeah. <laughs> But then he, and then he, you know, even though he knew what HIPAA meant, and clearly we were all wrong, he deleted the tweet. So I I love. Yes, I know what HIPAA means. Defines HIPAA incorrectly. Defines, yeah, defines what it is not. (laughs) Yeah, maybe if that's what Dwight was. Dwight was. I think Dwight was joking because he said it with a smile on his face. I don't think he was serious. Now, does that mean that I think Dwight knows what HIPAA is? Probably. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe I don't know. I'm not willing to rule it out. All right, I want to I want to wrap on one of our random questions again. Is it what HIPAA is? <laughs> Do you know what HIPAA? Is? Define HIPAA on the air. <laughs> and you would probably say something crazy like I have never had medical problems in my life and now we just <laughs> that would be the end of the show. No, so um all right, so again I, I this is a, this is a question of legit curiosity on my part. Is it possible, like, you can't get sick from undercooking a vegetable, right? Not that I'm, a, not any vegetables that I'm aware of. I, <laughs> like, I guess, I I suppose there, I suppose it's, anything is possible. Well, but, I was, yeah, I, was I don't. I stir-frying, like, the side dish to, to, like, to, to the steak that I was making the other night. And I was, like, as I was, I know that people have preferences for, like, you know, I like, crunchier celery but i like softer carrots you know like there are preferences but there's no way like you could really get sick off of a vegetarian meal right unless you're allergic to the the things you're eating yeah well if you're allergic or if the vegetables have gone bad you know or like there was some like they were tainted in some way but i I mean yeah it's possible it's a lot what's your ideal vegetarian plate what does that look like what do you mean like like, what's your favorite vegetarian dish? Like, what do you... You could eat any vegetarian dish right now. Or to you, oh. it's just like any dish. Oh, it's it's a, it's a, the vegetarian burrito, Cafe Rio. I know, I know they aren't paying us for that plug, and I'm not supposed to give, like, free <laughs> sponsors on air, uh, and you've told me this multiple times, unfortunately, but I don't care. Chipotle is one of our actual sponsors, so we're going to have to cut all that. Well, that that's fine. I am willing to, you know, take a stand for what I believe in, and you know, You've when done people your own are, research, I, I've done my own research on both. Why do you burritos. like Cafe Rio more than Chipotle? That's HIPAA. I can't answer that. No, I, I can answer that, and it's way, and it's because it's way better. You know, I've done I've done a double blind study. You know, I I can notice the difference. I have researched what's in it. You know, I am. It's uh... perfect. That's going to do it for this episode, this week's episode of the Lakers Lounge. Uh, We did slightly change up the the schedule, as I'm sure you've noticed. Harrison is not Sabrina. Sabrina and I will be be recording tomorrow. If it did take you till this long in the show to realize that I'm not Sabrina, (laughs) congratulations. I've actually been recording this whole time with Darius, uh, which is, you know, (laughs) kind of crazy. We should do that sometime. Just now that he's like on staff again, like we should just be like, we should just claim that you did a whole show with Darius and see how many people notice. I think he would still get into some contractual issues if we did. No, he wouldn't because it's me. They can't. I know. Well, yeah, that's true. All right. 
I just don't want to. I don't want to mess with Darius's money. I'm going to tell Darius you're willing. Yeah, to Yeah, we with don't his want. Money. We won't mess with his Peloton money. You know, he's uh, <laughs> like he's got those Peloton checks now. We can't. We can't exactly. mess with him. He's a real influencer. Exactly. So Sabrina and I will record tomorrow. We'll be recording. I love. Ba- this was actually kind of like the closest I've ever come to saying I love basketball. I know th- that's ironic. Like you know, the one <laughs> show where you've been positive the whole time is not yeah. I love basketball. That's amazing. Yeah. And then uh, and then Aaron and I are back on Friday. Uh, to record the hook, which uh, again shouts to all of you guys for all the support you guys have thrown behind that show. So yeah, it's been really great, honestly. I, I've really enjoyed both episodes so far. He's he's really really good at this. Yeah, no. To be clear, that's because of Aaron. Aaron's yeah. great. I know, I know. I'm there. <laughs> I'm recording those things too. <laughs> we'll talk.